Welcome to Wise and Nice, a true crime podcast with your hosts Danny Armstrong and Kelly Lee. Please remember that we mean no disrespect to anyone mentioned in this episode or across any of the Wise and Nice platforms. We have an interest in true crime and related topics, and whilst we may offer our own personal views on certain items, it is meant to be educational and as light-hearted as possible. The information we present is collated from research gathered from the internet, and we reference and credit our sources wherever possible. If you've liked what you've heard and want to join in with us, follow us on our socials, Instagram, Wives and Knives the Pod, Twitter, at Knives Wives, and Facebook, Wives and Knives Pod. We also have a little website where we post photographs and other information about the cases that we research. And this is wivesandknives.wixsite.com forward slash my site. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Wives and Knives. Yes, hello everybody. Hope you're all well out there. Yeah, what have you been up to? Um, me or everyone listening. Um, you. <laughs> I've just been dead busy getting ready for Christmas. Um, I know quite a few people who have got or had COVID recently, so trying to stay away from them, um, keep myself healthy and, yeah, just get ready for Christmas. I've got an important question for you, Kelly. Oh, God. What advent calendar have you got? I haven't got an advent calendar Sake. Yeah, I, no, Cassidy's just got a bog standard chocolate one. I didn't get myself one this year because I just didn't get around to it. And to be honest, I, I'm quite happy not having a tiny little bit of chocolate in the morning and just for, like really enjoying Cassidy's excitement. She's like, guess what I got today, Mama? It was a snowman. Not that she's American, but... Um, <laughs> But her enjoyment's enough for me. What about you? What did you get? That's the more uh, uh, pressing question. Well, how, what a lovely, wholesome answer that was. Her enjoyment's enough for me. Well, I wanted an admin calendar because <laughs> I'm still a spoiled child. Um, and I put my request in and I got a marshmallow one and it's the same one as I had last year and I love it. Well, I love a marshmallow. I was going to say, you're, that we did talk about this last week, but that marshmallow calendar was really, really cute, I've got to say, because it comes with its own little burner and everything, doesn't it? Yeah, I love it. So I didn't actually get it with the burner this year because I had the burner from last year still. I kept it, um, <laughs> and it was still working. So, yeah, I love it. So I get off, and I'm getting ready, and then as I'm having my brief away, before work, I sit there and toast my marshmallow at the kitchen table. I mean, there are worse things to do before going to oh, work. Uh, and you get so many different flavours in there. If anyone's interested, it's called the Naked Marshmallow Company, and it's great. They also do um, vegan marshmallows that are a bit hard to come by, and I've got a few friends who I know like them. So, really good company, and I freaking love it. Um, I've been dead excited, like, waiting for my advent calendar. <laughs> Genuinely, like, on these dark, cold winter mornings, having my marshmallow with my cup of tea is, like, just nice. <laughs> I think that's really cute. Um, I, I, Well, yeah, as I said, I've not got an advent calendar, but this, um, sort of, the next few weeks in the run-up to Christmas, at work, I regularly get, um like treats from patients so like i've i've already had like a big tub of um like quality street and things like you know like that so my only problem and again probably unpopular opinion i can't stand mince pies and i'm getting a lot of mince pies and i'm just like Uh, no uh, um i I think can't stand his strong but I'd never choose one if it's a warm one in the right setting I'll have it but I'd never buy a box for the house because I don't really like it no I just I don't really like and I've probably said this before but I'm just as much as I love Christmas I'm not a fan of Christmas desserts like I don't like Christmas pudding uh, mince pies anything like that possibly like I might have a slither of yule log but ugh, not really hey have a yule <laughs> yeah just not like I, i'm not even a great lover of turkey either 
Well, pigs in blankets. Pigs in blankets are elite Christmas food. That's yeah, yeah. That's where I lie on that. So definitely, I think they are in my like top Christmas foods as well. How do you feel about Brussels sprouts? Absolutely abhorrent. They are the devil's cabbages, and they should be eradicated from Earth forthwith. That's how I feel about them. I think they're great. (laughs) No. And then, really you know, liked it, and I went out for a Christmas meal uh, last week with some friends, and a few of us got the same meal, which had um, Brussels sprouts on it, yeah. and we were like, oh, oh, who likes Brussels sprouts? So I ended up having like a plate full of Brussels sprouts, because I just ate everyone else's. Well, I'm glad I wasn't sat near you later on in the evening. No, I've not really noticed any effect, to be honest. I just think they're gross. I've got Principal gut, um, <laughs> but I don't like parsnips, so that was my trade off. I gave them my parsnips. Oh, now see, I, I absolutely love parsnips, I think they're great, especially if they've got like a maple or honey glaze. They're mm, yeah. did, but now not my thing. Um, final question on Christmas food before we start the case. Yeah, you've got a tub of quality street. What are your top three in order? Uh, right. And I always get confused with with what goes with in which box. Where's the toffee penny? Is that quality street? Yeah. Toffee penny, um, followed by toffee stick that comes with a bit of chocolate on it. Yeah. Followed by the purple one. Okay. Is that all quality street? Because I often get mixed up between yeah, roses. Yeah. Um. Really underwhelmed with your choices. Oh, because I'm a simple person with simple tastes. Yeah. No, it goes pink fudge, caramel barrel, green triangle. No. See. Okay. No. Well, we could, we could happily share some quality street because... Yeah, we could. Do you know, I actually looked into getting one of those personal, like, personal boxes where you can, like, choose what's in it. Yeah. And, um... They're actually quite pricey, really. Like they, yeah. they come in and just over 20 quid, which I know doesn't sound a lot for some, but I'm like, this is a tub of quality street, you know? Like, it is. You should be paying three pounds. Yeah, fiver maybe, because all you're really paying for is the personalised sticker, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just a bit, a bit taken aback with the pricing of that when I looked at it. Well, if I could have a quality street box with like whatever I wanted in, mm. it would only have fudges and caramel barrels. Right. Maybe a few green triangles, maybe a few of the green chocolate blocks, but that's it. See, now I'm thinking toffee pennies are in roses, maybe instead. No. I can. I promise they're in quality street because we had a tub of quality street at work today, right. and we've had. In. like no one's gone through my office without proclaiming their favorite and being judged on it very harshly <laughs> yeah. and really ruthlessly as well someone comes through and we're like what's your favorite they're like coconut and we're like oh god you're disgusting <laughs> yeah it's like this thing with the bounties like i quite like a bounty i wouldn't like remove all bounties from whatever box they come in Bounties? Are they celebrations? Possibly, not sure. Yeah. I've got too many Christmas themed chocolates in okay. this country. Right. That's enough waffle for this morning. Very good. I'm sure we'll have more Christmas food to discuss on the next episode. <laughs> Go on, so what so, what we're we doing this week? I'll let you tell everybody. Well, this week we couldn't quite decide what to do. So I said to Kelly let's try and do a case together um, and I suggested the Missy Beavers case now this is a case I've known about for ages and I've listened to and watched loads of things about it and I've always found it really interesting and a little bit haunting as well so I was totally up for doing this and I was like I'll um, like introduce it and say what happened and stuff and then you do the suspects and I think I was dead flippant about it like oh we can just do it it'll be like a nice quick little one and it's not it's an absolute whirlwind of case 
It sure is. It's absolutely gigantic. So I hope we get to cover everything about it, to be fair. Yeah, well, I think this will be a nice overview if you haven't heard of the case. So, Terry Missy Beavers, so her name was Terry, but she was known to everyone as Missy, was born on the 9th of August, 1970. 9th of August being two days after my birthday. Um, She was born in Graham in Texas, and she went on to marry Brandon Beavers in 1998. Missy was a mother to three daughters, and the family resided in Red Oak, Texas. From everything that I found online, she was really sort of well-regarded in her group of friends. She was really upbeat, um, lovely woman, and a great mum. She had been married to Brandon, obviously, for quite a long time, and although Brandon speaks openly about problems in their relationship, there have been affairs, I think, on both sides. However, it seems like they were working on their relationship. Um, on In the year that Missy was murdered, both of them had posted lots on social media professing their love to each other. So... Maybe they were working on our, on their relationship. On the evening of April the 17th, 2016, 45-year-old Missy used social media to tell those that planned to attend her fitness class the day after that they were going to be indoors rather than outdoors where they normally train to escape the weather. So Missy ran this Camp Gladiator, which I think is almost like um, a brand of classes over in America. Like, I know you can become like a Zumba trainer here, so I think it's probably a similar thing. And these classes were really like high-intensity workouts, and they normally trained in like um, parking lots, so like the car park of this church. Because the weather had been so shitty, she posted a... um, like Facebook post and it said something like no matter the rain we will train or something like that and they were saying they were going to hold it inside so these classes are hosted super early and at approximately 4am on April the 18th 2016 Missy arrived at Creekside Church of Christ in Middle Lothian, Texas to prepare the church and like one of the sort of classrooms in the church for her boot camp class and just one hour later when her first client arrived they found her dead they found missy unresponsive and she appeared to have been physically assaulted and had blunt force trauma to the head and multiple wounds on her chest her student called 911 and the paramedics rushed to the scene however it was just too late and she was pronounced dead straight away Authorities initially suspected that Missy was killed during like an attempted robbery. There were some windows smashed, things like that in the church. But church administrators quickly confirmed that like nothing was missing from the premises. And it was also determined that there was nothing of Missy's that was gone either. So like her wedding ring um, and stuff like that. So the police were able to access security footage like super quickly, which captured, captured images of the murderer inside the church at the time Missy was killed. The figure can be seen stalking the corridors and going from room to room, almost as if they were on the hunt for Missy. But the thing is, is that the murderer was in the church well before Missy arrived. They first featured on the security cameras at 3.50am, coming out of room 8 and going into the north hall of the church. So from the description, I think this church sounds quite big um, to have all these different rooms and corridors. And I wonder if churches in the US are generally bigger than churches in the UK. It reminds me of that, um, the Mormon church in Chorley, you know, like a really big church with lots of different um, offshoots. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't want people to think it's just like your local small church like we tend to have in Britain. Yeah, because when I think of a church, I think of basically like one big room with maybe like a little office off it and that's it really. Yeah, and I think like 
well the churches that I'm familiar with that around me they usually have like a small church hall attached that maybe is rented out for exercise yeah. classes but I, I feel like this is like a really huge super church yeah um, so yeah this figure was seen like stalking the church and they must have left before Missy's first gladiator camp uh, client arrived because they arrived at 4.25. So the act itself was not captured on on camera because it seems like the security was only sort of the corridors and entrance and exit points. But the amount of footage that the police managed to recover was quite startling, like there's a, a lot. And the video footage was quickly released to the media. It was put on YouTube and shared on every social media channel in the hope that someone could identify the perpetrator. It was noticed that the person in the video had quite a distinctive um, like way of walking, whether it be put on or natural. Later on, um, the law enforcement did discover some surveillance footage of vehicles that they believed to be connected to her murder. And in the hours before she was killed, a person was recorded slowly driving through the nearby parking lot. And CBS News reported in 2021 that the vehicle was a Nissan Ultima or Infiniti G37. Um, and it stops to park with, like, its lights off and sort of drives around in the dark for a bit. But it's not super clear. And then there was also a dark-coloured SUV seen leaving the church parking lot at 4.30am. And unfortunately, the owners of these cars have never been um, identified and no one's ever come forward. It's just very suspicious behaviour to be doing if you're not connected. Over the course of the investigation, authorities also examined Mrs. Mrs. Electronic Devices and social media. And... She was really active on LinkedIn. It's like one of the main places she promoted her business. And there was some interesting things on her LinkedIn profile that they managed to uncover. Have you um, gone into sort of what was found on her LinkedIn at all, Kelly? Yeah, I've covered most of the, well, all of the investigations. So, um, yeah, I have got some stuff on that, to be fair. Well, if you want to take over and then I'll just chip in because I've got some like random facts that I found interesting whilst researching but take it away okay well um, I I don't want to uh, repeat stuff so I'll just maybe have to amend this a little bit but we'll see how we go okay so no problem um, so obviously the murder of Missy shook the closed community um, there hadn't actually been a murder there in seven years and so the Midlothian police were both quick to act, but also quickly under pressure to conduct like a thorough investigation. So and I guess quite underprepared as well, if it's not something they're used to dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I do overall think that they took it very seriously. And from what I can tell, did conduct quite a thorough investigation. So they started yeah. by obviously interviewing everybody close to Missy, like her friends and her family. And they also spoke, spoke to the people who attended her classes. And they looked closely at her relationships in, like, and her life in general. And as you touched on, very early on in the investigation, the police checked the surveillance footage from the church. So the cameras directly outside of the church weren't um, functioning at that time, but the ones inside were. And these cameras first showed the presence of the person inside the church at 3.50am, but it wasn't Missy. So the person seen on the footage was actually dressed in police tactical type clothing. So I, I've heard it described as a SWAT outfit. Um, the outfit... Yeah. The outfit included a helmet, um, a black jumper or jacket, which had a heavy vest over it that has the word police on the front and the back. They also wore black combat style pants, gloves and shin guards. And the person seen on the video isn't like a slight person. They appear to be a little bit stocky and it's thought that they're between 5'2 and 5'7". But I generally err more to the latter. Like, I 
I see them a bit taller than that. What do you think? Yeah, um, definitely. I think they look like quite an imposing figure. Yeah, I feel like in relation to um, the standard sort of door sizes. Yeah, to the doors. Yeah, they they seem more tall. Like I wouldn't say that they're five two. I would say they're more closer to five seven. They um, do seem to have chunky boots on though. They do. So that give them yeah, a few inches. Possibly, yeah. Um, the person appears to have light coloured skin from what can be seen like between the gaps in the helmet and as you touched on also has what is described as a distinctive walk. So this person was wielding a hammer in their left hand, um, possibly a small pry bar at one point and also carried a smallish white rectangular box. Now, I'm sure most people will have seen the footage, but if not, it's easily located on YouTube, as Danny mentioned, and we'll put the links in the sources. Uh, the footage for me, um, I find it quite uncomfortable viewing when you know what happens next. Um, so the, the footage shows this person, SWAT guy, walking around the hallways of the church. They open multiple doors and they have a good look around. So I know we've I know you touched on this footage uh, in the introduction, but what do you think of the person in the footage? It's it's such a weird one because I think it looks like they're looking for somebody or looking for something or her, but then we know they were in the church before her. Whether they were waiting for her and expected her to be there at that time. Yeah, it's hard to, um, like, I wonder if we didn't know what happened, would we view it differently? But I always feel as though, similar to you, that they feel like they appear quite confident in their surroundings, as though, yeah. like, as though they may have been there before. And also that, again, just my opinion, they appear to be, I think, possibly considering, like, a suitable hiding place somewhere that they can maybe jump out of and pounce. Um, I don't, like I say, just my opinion. Um, they do go in one room, like, look around and come out again. Exactly, but they don't, they don't sort of, like, um, they're not rooting through rooms and things like that. I feel no. like very, anyway, very calmly and in no apparent rush, they're wandering around the church hallways. Now, Missy enters the church through the front door at approximately 4.17am and she's there early, as you said, to set up the exercise class. And like you said again, it's usually held outside, but due to heavy rain over the past few days, it's inside today and that was announced on social media. Now, Midlothian Police Department, the Midlothian Police Department have only released certain parts of the CCTV footage to the public but we know that they show Missy to walk in the hallways, heading for the hall where her class was due to be held. Now, not long after she enters the church, she was viciously attacked. Um, and again, like you mentioned, she was bludgeoned around the head and chest. Um, I'm just going to interject at this point. I got a different time for when the boot camp participant entered. Uh, I, oh. you, you said it was... Um, like four twenty, did you? I've yeah. I've got it that she only entered at five o'clock in the morning. Well, okay. So yeah. I, I mean, like, there's a lot of. I come to this later. There's a lot of because there aren't clear, um, specifically clear reports because it's still an active case. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah, definitely, because I, uh, I definitely had 425. Yeah, so I had it that um, a student of Missy's, one of the boot camp participants, found her at approximately 5am, which was when the class was due to start, um, meaning that she only entered minutes before. Um, and then she found Missy badly wounded, likely covered in blood, with the aforementioned tools around her prone body. So the student called the emergency services and the police at 5.06am and they both arrived on the scene quickly with Missy being pronounced dead shortly after they arrived. Now the cameras in the hallways of the church, they're actually motion triggered so they didn't catch the murder 
Um, but the police have said that the hammer carried by the unknown assailant was the murder weapon as it matched the type of injuries that had been inflicted upon Missy. So the police were convinced that SWAT guy was Missy's murderer and although the surveillance footage contained some vital information and clues to their identity, it didn't show the suspect's face. So they had to find out who that person was. So they focused on the other identifiers, uh, as Danny said, the distinctive walk. And the police stated that, and this is a quote, the suspect appears to have a unique walk or gait. The suspect's feet appear to turn outward away from the body, more predominantly on the right foot. It's possible the gait was caused by a temporary condition, injury or other factor, and the suspect may no longer exhibit this walk or gait. So the footage was released to the public as part of the investigation and the police received several tips on the possible identity of the suspect and a lot of those were specific as to the person's build and walk. So because of the build and height of the person in the footage, police were initially looking for a male suspect, although they would later admit that they couldn't be sure it was definitely a male under the SWAT outfit. And that was further confirmed in 2021 when the FBI hired a forensic podiatrist who confirmed that the distinctive walk couldn't be attributed to a specific gender and that the person in the video could be, you know, a man or a woman or anywhere in between. So to clarify, and this is a common theory, SWAT guy could have been a woman dressed up in layers to look bigger and even wearing a larger boot. Um, something which could have explained the awkward duck-like walk. Yeah, and if the police's sort of um, height reading was correct, that she could have been as... I'm saying she now, <laughs> that they could have been as small as five foot two, that's generally more a female height. Yeah. <clears throat> Statistically, yeah, it would be. Um, like, I will go into this a bit more later, but do you, off, you know, like if you had to choose, would you say man or woman? Um, if I had to choose, I'd say man. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, just from looking at it and everything, but I think it's interesting that everyone would jump to, or most people would jump to saying it's a man without considering that it could be a woman. Yeah, I think, but, yeah. But about that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, definitely. Um, So the police didn't really have much to go on. um, And due to the fact that the cameras outside were not working, police could not fully establish where the suspect had gone after leaving the church. Like, which direction had they gone in? Did they have some sort of transport waiting outside of the church? Had they worked alone? Um, So the police checked other cameras in and around the area and they actually found some vehicles of interest. I know you've touched on this, um, but specifically a silver Nissan Altima and a dark coloured SUV. So let's start with with the Nissan. So this car was caught on the nearby SWFA outdoors store security cameras. That's like... um. I don't want to say it's like go outdoors, but yeah, it's like go outdoors, but they sell guns and ammo as well. So the footage from the cameras, which cover the car park of the um, SWFA store, it shows the car pulling into the store's parking lot and circling the store before parking for three minutes in the front of the store. So this is about a mile away from the church. And another interesting tidbit about this car is that it, clearly turns off its headlights on entry into the car park and it also flashes its lights twice while it's there so if this car is connect is connected to like mrs case what was the driver doing was the driver like checking the lots make sure there were like no police or security guards around on duty was the killer like actually changing into that SWAT outfit or did that car signal another car to let them know that you know all was clear at the church um we just don't know but investigators again they asked for the public's help um in identifying the mysterious car and they shared like a single frame of the back of the car which appeared to show 
a distinctive oval bumper sticker. Um, and I think you said it, the actual car is described as a 2010 to 2012 Nissan Altima, possibly an Infiniti G37. Yeah. So again, they receive lots of tip-offs, but nothing that would lead them, lead them to anything concrete in connection to Mrs. Murder. But I'll come back to that in a bit. So the second car, um, the dark-coloured SUV, that is actually seen leaving the church car park at around 4.30am, which to me is an acceptable time to be fleeing the scene following a murder. So the unusual behaviour of the Nissan and the dark SUV leaving the car park at that time would be suggestive of involvement in this case, but it also could be completely coincidental. But yeah, I realised the parking lot was as far away from the church as it was. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, I think from things that I'd read and seen, it was inferred, it was like pretty much next door but it's really not no it's it's not next door at all um and the cameras don't cover the church either um i think it's just the timings and it and the unusual behavior um of a car sort of like you know turning its lights off flashing driving around at such an early time in the morning especially with something happening very close by yeah so, I mean, like I say, it, it could have been completely coincidental. It could have been somebody looking for, you know, somewhere to park up and have a cheeky smoke or something. Who knows? But no one has ever come forward as being the driver of either of these cars, um, despite, like, multiple pleas from the police. So if it was something, like, innocuous, um, something that didn't relate, I would have thought that maybe there would have been a phone call to say, yeah, it was me. Um, yeah. you know I just I couldn't sleep or whatever you know anyway so the Midlothian Police Department um, as we've already mentioned were very quick to act and as well as working on the video evidence uh, they'd also contacted the FBI for assistance with the investigation so together they started to look at possible reasons why Missy may have been murdered so with no clear enemies, they were considering it a robbery gone wrong. Uh, like had Missy just unfortunately been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, again, you touched on this, but nothing was missing from the church. Um, as you said, Missy was still wearing her wedding ring and she had like an iPad with her that wasn't taken. So in fact, nothing from was taken from the church. And it would appear that the person walking the halls dressed in the SWAT gear was like more intent on minor vandalism than anything else. So they'd smashed a few windows and done some minor damage, but not much more than that. And the windows that they'd smashed, they weren't like to gain entry. They were quite high up. So it was more like, like I say, mindless vandalism than anything else. Um, as, as I said, uh, well, as we've both said, they are seen opening doors, going into one room, peering into rooms, but they leave them untouched. Like they're not ransacking or rooting for something expensive to steal. So a robbery was quickly disregarded as a motive for the killing, uh, for the killing, and this made like the murder of Missy more like a targeted attack. But who would want to kill like a popular, well-liked mother of three? So as I mentioned uh, earlier, the police had immediately looked at Mrs. Close's family, uh, in particular her husband, Brandon. And like you said, Brandon, you know, he... I, I've read that he basically didn't tell the police about the problems in the marriage. He had told them that they were happy together, um, you know, they had their daughters and they had what would appear to some as the perfect family. But as the police dug deeper, they discovered that Brandon and Missy maybe weren't the idyllic couple that Brandon had described. Like the family were struggling financially, which was putting strain on their relationship and there were rumours of extramarital affairs. So that was all confirmed when the police obtained search warrants for the couple's cell phones and social media accounts. 
Um, I think the, as you touched on, the extramarital affairs were on both sides, but Missy in particular was messaging um, quite a few other men. I believe that they found nine um, people that she was contacting and that was out of 11. So they, they did struggle to track down two other people. So that did present a possible motive. Like, had Brandon perhaps killed Missy because he was a jealous husband? Now, Brandon hadn't been in town on the night of Missy's murder, and he'd in fact been on a fishing trip. And this is all alibied and evidence. So he left the home in Red Oak, um, Texas, the day before the murder. He boarded a flight to Biloxi in Mississippi, and this was for an annual fishing trip. Um, so he left at, at noon at lunchtime and he arrived in Biloxi at 7.30pm. So he checked into a hotel and he called Missy to tell her goodnight at 9.30 on the Sunday, April 17th. So if Brandon like, wasn't the killer, was it one of the men that she was messaging? So a friend of Missy's informed the police that just days before her murder, Missy had told her about creepy messages that she'd been receiving on LinkedIn. So the police, as I mentioned, were unable to confirm the identity of the sender of these messages, but they were able to confirm others, and each of these was ruled out of the investigation. So if not Brandon himself, like if he hadn't done it, had he actually hired someone to kill Missy? So no evidence was found to support this theory. Um, like they checked financials, everything. They couldn't find any evidence that he had hired somebody to kill Missy. However, a theory quickly emerged that perhaps someone close to home may have decided to help Brandon out. So on April the 22nd, just days after the murder of Missy, Brandon's father, Randy, um, he dropped off a blood a blood covered shirt at the local dry cleaners, so this observant dry cleaner who was clearly aware of what was happening in the area contacted the police, and the shirt was seized and examined by the forensics department. Now Randy had a clear explanation for you know the blood stained shirt. So his beloved dog, uh, a chihuahua called Kilo, had actually been attacked and he'd grabbed the shirt and wrapped it around the animal as they rushed it to the vets. Um, so the blood on the shirt was confirmed to be canine blood. It fully confirmed Randy's story. Um, and the police like, even contacted the vet who had treated the dog. Um, and again, all aspects of Randy Beaver's story were confirmed. But the press, as you can imagine, were all over this and the case in general. And Randy did some interviews along with Brandon. And due to that, he ends up being like recorded, so videoed, walking and moving around. So the blooded shirt may have been like a red herring, but it brought Randy to people's attention. And they began to speculate that Mrs. Father-in-law like, may have played a large role in her murder. And it was all down to his walk. So as we've mentioned multiple times, the murderer walked with like their feet pointing outwards and was slightly hunched over. And when you watch like the side by side comparison of the walk of the murderer and the walk of Randy, there are like similarities. And a lot of people in the true crime crime community believe that Randy was SWAT guy, like what do you think about that, Danny? Um, I've seen the the clips. I don't think it was him, but I can see why people think that. Yeah, I'm. I'm very like. I don't think you can't rule out the similarities, like the walk, his height, his weight, etc. But you can, in fact, rule out Randy because just like Brandon, he has a solid alibi. So Randy Beavers was in California visiting family on the day that Missy was killed and his alibi is again confirmed through witness statements, um, social media posts, like there are pictures of him in California at the time. Yeah, I think people waste a lot of energy on Randy. Absolutely, um, yeah. I don't, like, it's not him, move on. True. But like you say, yeah, a lot of people do waste a lot of time and a lot of people do still maintain that 
Brandon and Randy were involved in Mrs. Murder. Um, but ultimately, in the eyes of the law, they've got alibis. So, you know, without new evidence, they're not suspects in this case. So, and the same goes for like the rest of her family. None of her family have officially been named as suspects. So, if we move on from the husband and we move on from the father-in-law, I think we need to look like over some other possible theories and suspects. So let's go back to the potential unknown weirdos that Missy may have met online. So a popular theory in this case is that it could be a scorned lover. Either, you know, Missy had had an affair with somebody who had not taken it you know, well, and that had, you know, produced said scorned lover, or that she'd had an affair with, uh, say, a man who was married, and the man's wife may have found out about the affair and taken matters into her own hands. And again, you know, remember, like we've said, and the police have said, they're unable to determine the gender of the perpetrator from the video, um, but and they have said that it could potentially be a female perpetrator, and that's another theory that a lot of people, you know, jump on. They they love that theory that it is a woman, um. But that interestingly was an actual like police theory, and it did apply to one of her camp gladiator co-workers who she had regularly spoken with online, and his wife, um, who was aware of this flirtation actually had a broken foot and she did also fit the build of the perpetrator so it was ruled out and um, by the police she didn't have any involvement but it doesn't mean that there isn't someone else out there in a similar situation who was yeah. you know angry with missy over a dalliance um, another theory was that missy could potentially have been being stalked so again, um, referring back to her friend telling the police about the creepy messages on LinkedIn, like who was that person that sent the creepy messages? Yeah. Was it reasonable to assume that they'd escalated from messages to murder? Like This is the first time I've ever heard of LinkedIn in a oh. true crime case as well. <laughs> it's not a not the usual like social media that you associate with forming relationships yeah maybe it's not you know spoken about but i think any social media format where you're interacting with people could potentially go down oh. a romantic avenue couldn't it so it's, oh yeah it's not overly surprising to me um but yeah did did missy potentially have like a scary stalker that she'd been speaking to on multiple social media platforms um like i it apart from her showing her friend like that single creepy message she hadn't mentioned any other specific concerns to anyone so if she did have a stalker or there was somebody bothering her online it would seem that it was like to a degree that didn't particularly concern missy because she hadn't spoken about it and again, there was like no indication that Missy was particularly afraid, um, specifically when she arrived at the church, because um, her licensed gun, which she carried on her all the time, was left inside her car on the car park in the morning that she was killed. She didn't take it inside with her. So that makes me think that she wasn't over-concerned about an upcoming attack, um, yeah. And it would also mean to me that she didn't see anything outside of the church that warranted her removing her gun from her car for protection. So, uh, you know, as I said, everybody who could be traced online, who Missy had had conversations with, was traced. And the police appear satisfied, like, not to pursue those interviewed as suspects. So the police, uh, in the entirety of the investigation, up to a point, because obviously it's still ongoing, had received over 3,000 tips during the, the course of their inquiries. And obviously they, they followed up on the majority of them. Around nine months into the investigation, they actually received one such tip about a man called Bobby Wayne Henry. 
Now he drove a similar car to one of the vehicles of interest, the dark SUV. And so the police spoke to him. Now, Bobby had no clear direct link to Missy that we know of, but he did attend like services at the same church. So their paths could have crossed at some point and he would likely know of her, you know, be familiar with who Missy was as well as be yeah. familiar with the church. So at the time of Missy's murder, he was actually employed as a licensed security guard. And after Missy's murder, he was actually on duty at her funeral. Now, Bobby was a former Lancaster police officer, but he had been suspended after being convicted of an aggravated sexual assault in 1996. But interestingly, Bobby still owned his old SWAT uniform. So he was in possession of a disguise like similar to that worn by the murderer. And just for the final red flag, he actually walked with a limp. So, <clears throat> sorry, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, do you know if the police ever got hold of that uniform and tested it? I didn't find anything to corroborate, but I did find that the police searched Bobby Wayne Henry's house um, and they did arrest him in June of 2017. But it wasn't for the murder of Missy Beavers. Yeah. So his arrest was completely unconnected in that he was found to be in possession of multiple electronic devices that contained images of child pornography. So in fact, they like I found it commented that they did an extremely thorough investigation and I would anticipate that from all the little red flags that I mentioned previously. Um, yeah. So I would, I can't say like 100%, but I would have thought they would have tested his SWAT uniform for sure if they'd have found yeah. it. Because um, they did such a thorough investigation that they managed to confirm that he actually had an alibi for the time of Missy's murder. So he's a rapist, he's a paedophile um, with multiple red flags, which would make me want to look at him further. But from what I can tell, not the murderer of Missy Beavers. Yeah. So to date, police have not arrested or charged anyone in relation to Missy's murder. They still cannot say with certainty if they're looking for a woman or a man. Now, there are loads of details that are unknown in Missy's case that haven't been released by the police um you know about everybody she communicated with on LinkedIn and other social media sites like we don't know a lot about members of her fitness class um the partners of the men that she was communicating with and whether everyone's alibi has been corroborated and the obvious reason for this is because the police are still dealing with Missy's case as an active and ongoing case. And it makes me wonder if that indicates that they've got an idea like as to who is responsible and they need to gather, you know, like as much evidence, yeah, evidence. to build a solid case before making an arrest. Like they don't want to arrest them and then lose them. Do you know what I mean? Um because there's a lot of speculation in this case and because there's a lot of withheld information, it's led to a lot of armchair detectives throwing in their thoughts and opinions about the case. And I feel like from researching it, it's led to a lot of misinformation. Now, have you heard of a woman called April Sandoval? No. So... There's a woman called April Sandoval and she was pretty much picked out by these um, armchair detectives as the killer. So she worked at a petrol station not far from the church. She'd attended yeah. some of the Camp Gladiator classes. She was on Missy's friends list and she'd been pictured with her on social media. Now, April had even hurt her foot a few weeks earlier um, and again, there were photos of this on her social media pages. So these um, armchair detectives, they really went for this woman, basically labelling her the murderer. And it got so bad that the police actually had to send out an official statement 
um to say i think that i believe they sent it specifically to members of this particular facebook group that was centered on solving mrs case um to basically clearly outline and say categorically that april was not a suspect in the case and to just leave her alone so i have read um in other documents that there was um, a specific female person of interest for a time in the case and this was an acquaintance of Missy's clearly stated not a friend um, but a, an acquaintance yeah. and I wonder if that's why people were so um, like possessed in finding this woman like narrowing it down who it could be but ultimately it isn't April Sandoval and the police have clearly said that it's not her um, but again, I think it comes back to that, that lots of people want to believe that it is a female suspect. Like even, Brand- yeah. even Brandon has been quoted as saying he thinks it was someone that Missy knew, a female that she had a lot of dealings with. So I guess it's like make your own mind up on that one. Um, I think another problem with the case is that the official cause of death hasn't been released as well. Um, so despite the police saying that the hammer was the murder weapon, there has also been talk of Missy being shot. And, yeah, I read yeah, that. And, and potentially, I've, I've seen it noted in a few places that the, a gun was found beside Missy. I've, <coughs> excuse me, I've heard it in several podcasts as well and on YouTube, but I couldn't find anything to like officially back that up. Um, so again I'm wondering if this is just you know a rumor um, misinformation about the case because I even like I've even heard it say that that was the official cause of death listed on her death certificate but I can't find that at all anywhere so the only thing I can find is that the only gun found at the scene was Missy's and it was in her car parked outside um, I think what bugs me about this case is that the most likely suspects are not the actual perpetrators of the crime. Like, unless we're suggesting false alibis, which we most certainly are not. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it's like you would go for the usual suspects, but they're cleared. So who do you yeah. then look for? Um in my opinion, I do think it's a targeted attack with someone who clearly has an issue with Missy. Like, probably someone yeah. who she had wronged, perceived or otherwise. Um, or my only other thing, and, and it's a bit of a weird one, but it's like my thinking outside the box conclusion, is what if it was somebody who was like living out a bit of a fantasy you know like um somebody that perhaps wants to be a police officer um who likes dressing up as a police officer maybe they like attended the church or volunteered there i don't know i'm wondering if like their their aim was not to kill missy but it was to maybe cause damage to the church which they attended which they could then later talk about um, you know, and be like, oh, it's so terrible, we really must get this sorted out type thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like were they not expecting Missy to be there, um, but then they saw her, she saw them in the stupid outfit, and it was just like a, an instant reaction because they can't let her live because if she tells anybody, it's going to effectively ruin their life. Like you know okay it'd be absolutely embarrassing to just be busted wandering around dressed up as a police officer when you weren't but what if you were then arrested because of it and you couldn't then become a police officer because you've got an arrest on your record like that's just my random thinking outside the box just thinking if it wasn't a targeted attack maybe that would be an explanation but even as, as i say it i think it's really a silly explanation if you know what i mean like what well, do you, what do you think happened? I don't completely disagree with you saying it's a bit like living out a fantasy because watching it it reminds me of like a, 
almost like Call of Duty or something. Yeah. Like, was like it... an Xbox game. Yeah, could it have me. been... Could it have been somebody like... I know, like, we have, co- like, cosplay and stuff, but what if there's no specific cosplay for your needs? So you have decided to create that, you know, like, where you're sort of real-life acting out something, a scenario? Well, I have, a like, a weird take on it, right? So, obviously, she attended a church. She didn't attend that church, though, did she? It was another one. Oh, I thought she had attended that church. Oh, see, this is the problem. This There's is the thing. Yeah, I don't want to say anything that I can't corroborate. Same. I heard I it referred read. to that she regularly attended that church. I um, read she regularly attended another church that was a little closer to her house. Right. But either way, we know she goes to church. Yeah. And we know that she has affairs, which is obviously very much frowned upon in the church. What if somebody felt they were doing, like, a duty to right a wrong? Yeah, possibly. And within that in that duty, they donned their uniform and went out to fix something that they saw as broken. I, th- I do think I watch too many BBC dramas... Um, but almost like there's a little vendetta and it might not be that they have wronged her but she they see her as an example of what is wrong with women or with people yeah that's yeah do you know what i mean yeah i could get behind that yeah that kind of thing um also because of her like presence in the community because it seems like she was very popular and um like a lot of people knew her and she was thought of as like a really like she, i mean she, but she seems like she was like a great woman like she was helping all these people get fit and she was like thought of as lovely and if you thought that what she was doing was anything but lovely, wouldn't it really piss you off that she was all over social media as well? It would. Uh, yeah, unpopular. And then you can, you, yeah, you can use that social media to work out where she is. Her husband checks into a fishing resort on the other side of the country. You know she's alone. You know she's starting this class at that time. You know it's going to be inside the church. And you see it as, like, your perfect opportunity to get some put some kind of justice in the world. Like, that kind of psychopathic. Yeah, which would make me think it was a man. Because I think if it was a woman, a woman would want the rest of the world to see her downfall rather than her murder. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it was but, me, that Missy, like no disrespect to Missy, she does like on paper come across as a lovely person. But I can also yeah. imagine she also comes across to some people as a bit of an overachiever and a little yeah. bit possibly too perfect to be liked. Um, yeah. So I do. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um. But that, like I say, I feel like I feel, a woman would want to see that on social media, like would want to show evidence of her having affairs and ruin her perfect, like, you know, how people see yeah. her. Maybe, like, this person, obviously they know her, but they're just, like, one of those people that is, like, an acquaintance, but he's seeing what she's doing to other people almost yeah because mm. isn't the people that you just through like your life you've stumbled upon and you've added them on facebook or whatever they've added you and then there'll be years later and you've not actually seen them or spoke to them but you'll see that they're on holiday in Tenerife and you'll, like, have a little click on the photos to see what they're up to. Please say I'm not weird. (laughs) No, I I do know what you mean, yeah. So, like, it's... They're not... No sort of impact on their lives, but they've been watching her. 
and maybe they know someone who she cheated on her husband with their husband or something and they see it as kind of hypocritical with her religion and I don't know no, I, that's, yeah. that's the kind of um, perpetrator I think it is. Yeah, I, I, I have to say I don't think it's connected to the family as such, but I do, no. I do think there could be some someone perhaps in the local area who had an issue with her, for sure. Yeah, I think they knew her because from what we have read of the injuries that resulted in her death, it wasn't like, oh, my God, she's caught me one hit over the head and run off. Yeah, because that always... It's more than that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I also think that (laughs) if it was like a robbery, then the outfit itself would probably give you enough time to get away you know like to throw somebody off you'd be like oh there's, yeah. a, there's an incident at the church you need to stay in this room until someone comes to get you it'd be confusing yeah. but you ultimately generally most people would trust a police officer yeah like to me they don't look like a police officer but if i was if i was on my own in a church hall and someone came up like and i saw someone in that outfit I would instantly think, what the, f- what the fuck is going on? And if they yeah. said, don't move, stay in here, like, I'll be, back to, I'll be back to update you or one of my colleagues will be back in a minute, I'd stay there and I'd be like, oh, my God, what the hell stay. is going on? I don't think yeah. that if you were just randomly there and you shouldn't have been, I don't think that bludgeoning someone to death would be your first go-to. Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a strange, strange case. And I genuinely hope that one day we do have answers. Um, but I think it's, like, fair that Missy's family no no longer want to talk about it. You know, like, for them, it's it's done, it's closed. Like, they obviously still help the police when they have to. But I can understand why Brandon wants to move on. Um, for himself and their daughters, you know, because it's got to be hard on them as well. Um, yeah. Interestingly, he has remarried, um, but again, it's been quite a number of years now since Missy was murdered, so I'm not opening any judgment on that. No. Is there anything else that we th- that you think we need to add to Let the case? Check. No, just um, I just want to point out that, like we've said a few times during this episode, there's so much information out there, and I've just been doing a quick Google to try and get some sort of clarity on the time she was found, and I found yet another third time. So, yeah, there's, there is a lot of misinformation and we try and say, like, be as factual as we can. But there's so much out there. This is sort of a, a rough overview of what happened and, like, I'd encourage you to do your own research as well. Absolutely. Um, I just want to highlight a video that I found that may or may not have had the incorrect time on it but is a guy who's done tons of research on this and it goes into minute detail it's genuinely a four hour youtube video on the case um but it was quite interesting like I, i've only got around to listening to the first like two and a half hours of it but it's just if you just search on youtube missy beaver's my research it's by a guy called tom webster He's obviously very thorough in, like, everything he does. And that's quite interesting to listen to. And there was there's so many articles online and videos, like, go and look for yourself, but it's a, it's a very tragic case. It is indeed. Um, I'll, put, um, I'll put the links and the sources for Tom Webster, and I've put a lot of other 
um, articles and videos that our listeners might find helpful if they want to do their own research on this case. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that, Kelly. That was <laughs> dead good. Um, and it'll always be a case that I'm a bit obsessed with. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, until next week, everyone, please stay safe and keep well. And uh, we'll see you soon.